now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker. That is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings, happy Theology Thursday here on the Steve Day Show, powered by CRTV. This exclusive podcast each day, each weekday, I should say, for Westwood One. My name is Steve Dace, Todd and Aaron are here as well. Thank you for joining us. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Before we get to today's Theology Thursday podcast, gentlemen, give the audience a little tease of what's coming up later on today on CRTV. Uh, yeah, today on the TV show part two of the State of Conservatism series that we're doing on the on the TV show, Glenn Beck was on the program, and uh, Glenn always has a different and unique perspective mm. on just about anything you talk to him about, especially the State of Conservatism. And I, I found it interesting at the very beginning of uh, the interview. I thought it was was telling. He said, you know, I don't know how much I can actually add to this conversation because I don't know what the state of conservatism actually is. Uh, but towards the end, he actually uh, he actually had some, some optimism. And so you want to hear that. Optimism is in short supply nowadays. And uh, uh, Beck actually had some. My favorite part of that interview is when, I think it was the second to last question, and he kind of looked at me and he paused. He goes, I have, I have no idea how to answer that question. And then there's like a four or five seconds of dead air. And then he just unloads like a sermon. <laughs> just like a, just drops a homily on the air. Yeah. It sounds very Beckian. Yes. It was very, it was a very Glenn Beck mo. I'm just totally flummoxed here. Give me a second. All right. Uh, let me channel my inner Augustine and just drop it right here. That was a really cool moment. You'll want to watch it today. CRTV.com promo code DACE is how you can subscribe to CRTV. And that'll get you a discounted subscription that doesn't just give you access to our show, but every show we do here each and every day at CRTV, including the great one, Mark Levin, Michelle Malkin, Stephen Crowder, and more. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. All right, gentlemen, let's get to it. It is Theology Thursday, and I have been anxious to tackle this topic. I mean, I love doing this podcast every week anyway, but... I've been chomping at the bit on this one ever since I saw this tweet while I was on uh, a, a movie shoot vacation with our oldest daughter. We had some fun with it earlier this week Did you? already. I, oh, would, yeah. I would have been disappointed if you had not. Okay. This is a tweet from former Republican presidential nominee, Massachusetts governor, and likely future U.S. Senator Mitt Romney. Uh, the day of... The official announcement that the U.S. will recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and formalize that relationship by moving our embassy there. And Mitt Romney tweeted the following, and I quote, Robert Jeffress says, you can't be saved by being a Jew, and Mormonism is a heresy from the pit of hell. He said the same about Islam. Such a religious bigot should not be giving the prayer that opens the United States embassy in Jerusalem. We're going to unpack this 
all the way through. Because I'm reminded of one of the best scenes in The Last Jedi. And Kylo Ren goes on a rant like this to the force projection of Luke Skywalker who then looks at him and says amazing everything you just said is wrong let me throw this out because I know the amount of Americans capable of walking and chewing gum at the same time and not immediately falling into a tribalistic idolatrous myopic bent is an ever-shrinking number. And just as we did yesterday when the, the topic of the fake sanctimony with John McCain came up, let's just get this out of the way right now. I'm not a fan of Robert Jeffress. A company I used to work for started syndicating his programming while I was there. Made for some awkward moments. because I, I think the guy's kind of a charlatan. I, I think that he's really in it for himself. I think he's a stooge for Trump or whoever will get him a, a seat at the table. I wouldn't call Robert Jeffress to bless my commode before a bowel movement. And there are there's several reasons why he should not have been giving a prayer of blessing at the unveiling of the embassy. Precisely, however, none of them are mentioned in this tweet. <laughs> okay? Those are not, none of those are reasons why he should not have given the prayer. Should be his duplicitous nature, the idolatry he shows for a political party and a politician, etc. So, are we clear, guys? Can we move on from that point now? Do you think if yep. I adequately address that? Yes. You're tracking I, I, with where we were at I, a couple have, days ago. I'm not here to sing kumbaya and make s'mores around the uh, the fireside with Robert Jeffress. And it's unfortunate we don't always get to pick our proxies in this world. Just like you don't always get to pick your parents. You don't always get, well. You kind of do get to pick your in-laws. Okay. Um. But, you know, some choices in this life are foisted upon us. I wish what Romney is pointing out here were, a, were about someone who wasn't a clown. But alas, I don't get to pick all the leaders around here. In case you guys had noticed, might be a few different choices if I were. So... This isn't about solidarity with Robert Jeffress. I've aired my issues with him publicly before. Okay? So let's set that aside now and let's look at the rest of this. Exactly nothing that Romney is accusing Robert Jeffress of is religious bigotry. Precisely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Zip, zilch, nada, negative integers, nothing. Nothing nothing in any of those quotes or any of those beliefs or any of those sentiments is religious bigotry. It is not, and this is a very important point, what I'm about to say is really important. And if we're going to live together as a country, 
we got to get our hands and, and our brains around this one. We got to grasp this one, okay? Got to be adults here. It is not religious bigotry to believe you have a superior religious belief. In fact, if you don't believe yours is the superior religious belief, why would you have it? It would make no sense to possess a religious belief you didn't believe was superior to other ones. And, and those like Romney here, who are essentially saying there aren't really any superior religious beliefs, and I'll get to, he doesn't, I don't even think he even believes this. I'll get to that in a moment. But there are people in our culture who espouse this sincerely. They believe in a superior religious belief too, themselves. Ye be like God, self-actualization, you know, religions, uh, a la carte menu. I get to pick and choose what parts I want to obey and don't, acknowledge and don't. And, and when I essentially, that, that sets me up to be God. I am now determining what is the transcendent truth. I am a truth unto myself. And even by virtue of doing that, by virtue of saying, coexist, none of you have any superior truth claim to any other religion. You yourself are ascribing a superior religious belief. Just in your own analysis, in yourself, in your own worshipfulness, that's all. There's no point to having any religious belief you don't believe is superior. Anybody listening to my show right now if you have a religious belief and you're not sure it's the superior one, dump it. It sucks. Okay? Or you do. Because you really <laughs> haven't thought this through. Okay? You really haven't thought it through. So either your belief sucks or you do. Okay? There's no point in having it. Religious bigotry is not believing yours is the superior religious belief. Religious b- bigotry is using your belief that yours is the superior religious belief as justification to dehumanize or impose on the freedoms of people who have other beliefs that are not getting in the way of yours. That's what religious bigotry is. That last phrase is key because if enough Muslims in a place like Dearborn, Michigan decide they want to do honor killings and Sharia law, guess what? Their belief and their religious belief starts getting in the way of yours. Know what I'm saying? So as long as someone with what you view as an inferior belief is not getting in the way of your beliefs, you have absolutely no grounds to infringe on their beliefs whatsoever. Someone's a Satanist and they believe in human sacrifice, they're getting in the way of your beliefs. And therefore, they have forfeited the right to the freedom of theirs because they're getting in the way of someone else's beliefs. But believing yours is the superior view is not religious bigotry, it just means that's your conviction. We don't have religious freedom in this country to stop people from believing theirs is the superior religious belief, but to encourage it. To encourage it. 
Because the vast majority of the time, people who seek after the will of the one true God, even if at a certain point in the journey they don't always agree who that one true God is, are more likely to live as good citizens, requiring less government, less welfare, producing less immorality than those that don't. That's why it's in the best interest of the government to provide religious liberty. Produces better citizens, puts less of a strain on the government. Now I want to go to Romney here for a second. I don't even believe Romney believes this. This is the very definition of virtue signaling. Now why do I believe not even Romney believes this? Because he's a bishop in the Mormon church. Guys, a bishop. So that gives us two options. Romney's religious beliefs are a fraud. Or this tweet is. Because if he didn't believe Joseph Smith were a divinely appointed and sent prophet. Why is he a Mormon? Would you be a Mormon? Here's how you can tell if you're a Mormon or not. This is why, you know, we we do shows about, uh, when people ask me about uh, Trinitarian thinking, I just stick with Trinitarian worldview. Because ultimately, if you are LDS and you reject a Trinitarian, uh, the, the traditional Trinitarian belief, you're doing so probably because you believe Joseph Smith is a prophet. And it's somewhat similar to, you've heard me say for years, Catholics and Protestants aren't really having a theological disagreement. They're really having an ecclesiastical one. Because if you believe the church is the ultimate authority, then you will draw the conclusion that faith plus tradition, right? Or scripture plus tradition. Faith plus works. Because you see the church, the church's hermeneutical, exegetical translation of the scriptures as the right meaning of what they mean. Am I correct about that, Todd? Yeah. If you are sola scriptura as a Protestant, then you're going to look at Romans 117 and say, well, the righteous shall live by faith, period, and a sentence. So the theological disagreements are coming from an ecclesiastical one. What is the real author- what is really the ultimate authority? The scriptures alone or the church rightly dividing them. That's really the debate, really. And all the other all the other theological debates Catholics and Protestants will have. Is there a purgatory? Veneration of Mary, praying to saints are really going to come back to the genesis of that argument. That's why when we talk about, when I talk about Catholicism on our show, I spend more of my time talking about who the church leadership is than specific theological points. Because that's going to have a huge say in how the world sees what the church believes. That's why we talk so much about the magical mystery tour, fanciful notions, the whatever Twilight Zone run that current Pope Francis is on. And you can see what he is speaking into the world, how is how it is added to confusion. And you can see when 
Pope John Paul II stands up to the Iron Curtain and shakes his fist at it. And you can see uh, that doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. The real argument between Catholics and Protestants is ecclesiastical authority. Because that's where the interpretive differences of theology come from. And the same is true for people who come from an LDS background with other Trinitarian orthodoxies of Christianity. The real debate is, is Joseph Smith a prophet or not? That's really the debate. Because if Joseph Smith's not a prophet, there isn't a real biblical argument for a lot of the, uh, for the differences between Mormonism and traditional Christianity. The argument comes down to, was Joseph Smith a prophet? And let me tell you about Joseph Smith. He actually, and I'm quoting, there is no relief from suffering, and he was talking about hell, apart from Christ. That's Joseph Smith. Raise your hand here in the studio, even though we're not on camera right now. Raise your hand in the studio if we all agree. There is no relief from eternal suffering aside from Jesus Christ. Do we all agree on that? All three of our hands are up. Well, by golly, that seems like a real exclusivist statement there, doesn't it, to you, Todd? A little bit, a little narrow, narrow gate there. That, that, yeah, I mean, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I, oh, that's really big. I mean, Jesus. There, there, Joseph Smith, quote, there is no relief from eternal suffering apart from Jesus Christ. Sounds like Mitt Romney has an issue with his own prophet. Brigham Young, his immediate successor, quote, Well, I, I can't. I had it right in front of me, and then my computer went blank. Basically, he says that Joseph Smith is how Catholics view Peter. He is the gatekeeper, the one who binds and looses between heaven and earth, and within heaven and earth. No man or woman in this dispensation will ever enter into the celestial kingdom of God without the consent of Joseph Smith. Yes, that is Brigham Young, as in BYU University. Brigham Young saying that. The LDS Church basically views Joseph Smith the way Catholics view St. Peter. That he has the keys to the kingdom. Didn't Romney go to Brigham Young? I thought he went there. That sounds pretty exclusivist to me. Does that sound exclusivist to you? Uh, very much so. That sounds exclusivist to me. So we're left here with one of two options with Mr. Romney's tweet. Either his Mormon belief system's a fraud. Now, I have a hard time believing that. Because you know what's interesting is when you get outside the political realm and you look at Mitt Romney's life, you know what it is. It's actually a pretty good argument that maybe total depravity is not true. The dude could not be more straight-laced, more wholesome. It's an American Gothic painting. His entire life is. The way the kids turned out, Gorgeous wife, successful. The dude literally could change his name to the American dream. You know, minus all the cuts that Dusty Rhodes had to put on his head for pro wrestling back in the day. But he could change his name to the American dream. And we're like, I'm totally buying that. That's the American dream. Mitt Romney right there. Now, something happens to this guy when he gets into the realm of politics, though. And everything about his private life that makes you think maybe human nature is basically good. When he gets into the realm of politics, you're like, nope, total depravity. It's back, baby! Mitt Romney, when he, when he crosses into the political realm, Mitt Romney, if he were a Justin Timberlake song, it would be, bring in total depravity back. 
Because typically, when you're really a fraud in in your in, in your religious viewpoint, the people closest to you suffer from your moral failings. And I don't mean like one slip. You went to a conference, had too many martinis, men and attract the person of the opposite sex, and committed an adulterous act, even though that could destroy a family. I mean like systemic immorality and the people around you suffer. Families are broken up. Businesses are torn apart. This guy's private life, like if, if the same FBI people that spied on Trump spied on Romney, the only sound you would hear on the wiretap is a snore, man. Could this guy be any more boring? Like when Michelle Wolf said the other day that Mike Pence is the kind of guy that drinks orange juice after brushing his teeth and thinks, mm, which was a good line. I got to give her credit for that one. Okay. Romney's like, uh, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Romney's like, Ward Cleaver's a tad edgy. All right? Except something happens to Willard, which is his real first name. Something happens to Willard when he crosses into the city of man here. It's like him and Trump have something in common. The truth can just not inhabit them. The guy just flip-flops. He will just literally just lie on camera. I'm shocked to see the way he's fedding John McCain right now. Because one of my all-time favorite political political moments ever, as much as I don't like John McCain, the politician, it was a debate before the New Hampshire primary in the 08 primary. And McCain looks at Romney, who is getting lit up for flip-flopping on everything. And McCain looks at Romney right on camera and says, well, Mitt, we do agree you are the candidate of change. <laughs> And there's a close-up of Romney's face. You can literally watch the coloring leave because he knows, I'm done here. We're done here now. And I'll be dropping out very shortly. And he, and he did, I think like a week or two later after the Florida primary. That debate right there should have been a hint for us to leave the Republican Party, I think. You think? Um, I don't know what it is with this guy in the political arena where he is... His own, remember it was remember the Etches sketch? That was his own political advisor, Eric Fenster, his senior advisor, who after Romney won the nomination in 2012, literally went on television and said, well, he's just going to kind of be like an Etches sketch and we'll just come up with new things to say to the general election public now. Remember that? Yeah. Whatever, whatever happens to this man's mind when he crosses into the political arena, he's just a totally different person. And so you know what that tells me, by the way? He should stay away. He just, he can't maintain his witness here. He can't handle it. You know, I mean, use an analogy. If, if you have a history of alcohol abuse in the party scene and picking up chicks at the bar, after you get saved, don't go with your buddies to watch the game at the sports bar. Stay away. You know, nah, stay away. That's, that, that, that's your former habitat. Don't go back there. Okay. Now, if you never had an issue with uh, being a drunk and that sort of behavior, and you think this place has some really dope chicken wings, and I like the damn quesadillas, I mean, you can go hang out with your unsaved pe- people there and probably 
we'll just think these are really good quesadillas and I'll see you guys. Game's over. See you at work tomorrow. There's just certain places we, because of what it, what it brings out in us as people, we just can't go to these places. It brings out the worst in us. We should stay away. You know, one of my big things is I think we're way too hung up on Halloween. And, and the same people that are really way, way too hung up on Halloween complain about how we've secularized Christmas. Okay, we've secularized Christmas, so why not just return the favor on Halloween? Dress your kids up as saints, angels, princesses, heroes. Thumb your nose at the devil and say, we're here to redeem this sucker. Thank you. Yeah, Don't dress your kids up as minions of hell then. Dress them up as instruments of light and go out and get some free candy. But if you come from like an occult background, yeah, maybe go like volunteer at a mission or the food pantry on Halloween or something. You know what I'm trying to yeah. say? When you've got something that makes you somebody you're not anywhere else in life and you start entering into this arena causes you to lose your virtue, you should try to do what you can to stay away from it. I don't know what it happens to, to Mitt Romney in the, in the political arena compared to the way this guy lives everywhere else. But it's dualistic. It's like a different person. So I'm inclined to believe it's not that he thinks Joseph Smith wasn't a prophet. It's that this dude just can't maintain his virtue in the political arena and really should stay away. It brings out the worst in him. Find other ways to serve. There's lots of other things he's good at. Business, running the Olympics, nonprofits. Go do something else. Something that doesn't love you showing your ass to people constantly like you do in the political arena. Because if you don't believe Joseph Smith had a divine direct revelation from the angel Moroni sent by God himself, why are you a Mormon then? And I'm guessing you're a Jew because you don't believe Yeshua is the Messiah, right? I, that would be my guess. Well, I mean, you could be a Messianic Jew, sure. But if you're, not, if you're a non-Messianic Jew, which is like 99% of, of Jews... That means you believe people like me are wrong. We, we, that Jesus isn't the Messiah. I vehemently disagree with you, but I don't think you're a bigot. I think there's no other name under heaven by which men can be saved other than Jesus Christ. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by him. Something tells me if Mitt Romney spent a night in Yemen, he might have a different view of thinking Islam's a false religion. Just going to throw that one out there, guys. Can we throw that one out there? Try one night in Yemen, Mitt. Tell me what you think of your holistic view of Islam then, brah. Let's give that one a shot. Tell you what there, Willard. Walk down the streets of Beirut and scream, Joseph Smith was a prophet. Better pack your Second Amendment, G. Don't buy this. This whole tweet is bunk. I'm reminded of what Robin Williams, the late Robin Williams, in one of the all-time classics, Good Morning Vietnam, when he, did a, when he did a mock interview with Richard Nixon, and he was interpreting, impersonating Richard Nixon. And he asked Richard Nixon about his testicles, 
And they said, well, they're soft, shallow, and they serve no purpose. That's a great conclusion to this tweet. Everything about it is wrong. Even the part where he is condemning the right person, in my view, right. is for all the wrong reasons. There's nothing right about it. Maybe, maybe the spelling's good. The spelling, look, looking at it again, I think the spelling holds up. Other than that, everything here is wrong. Everything here is wrong. And if you are a devoted member of the LDS church, you should be heavily offended at this notion that if you believe your religious belief is superior, you're a bigot, you want that guy as your bishop? What church wants as their bishop? Someone who believes believing in what the church preaches makes you a terrible person. Well, I mean, other than like every Christian church in Western Europe, other than that, okay, or the Episcopalians, other than those freak shows, most people belong to a church because they believe that's the superior view. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> or you just, you just want another institution to ask you for money? Is that why you do it? You wanted somebody else to give you to beg you for money. That's why you joined. That's how why everybody should be joining these days with all the emotional feels. Um, it's I mean you see they 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 go church shopping all the time. Just be yes. which one you know whispers in their ear the best. So this is not I don't even, Romney's not even making a theological point here. This is a progressive political talking point. Yes, and it's a perfect example of why he could not win the election. All he had to do was eat a damn chicken sandwich, and he'd probably be president still. But at every turn, when it comes time to stand up for you and me against the left, he will always side with them. And people recognize that. He'll be holding the tunic. Yes. Or he'll feel real bad about yeah. it. When they take us all out back, when they take when the progressives take you Mormons out back for actually believing in what, in what Joseph Smith taught. And when they take everybody else out back for believing what Jesus and the apostles taught. And they stone us all to death. I just want you to know, Mitt's going to feel really bad about it. I mean, like when he's holding their tunics, you know, and, and cleaning up the blood after they're done with us. He's, I mean, he's going to feel real bad it had to go down this way. But you should just know it was for your own good. Yeah. Okay. Final thoughts, Todd. You know, Mitt is just kind of the, the poster child for you. You were talking about how does he become this? Well, I think most politicians ultimately they're pretty proud of themselves, the their family life, their career life, whatever. They think uh, they've got this world figured out, and so they put themselves in this arena, and and almost instantly, all of them were lying to themselves on some level of what they were getting to getting into. And then they start fighting back and doubling down in ways that they simply aren't prepared for. I mean, I, I think you aren't even being remotely hyperbolic about the chicken sandwich, Aaron, and I talked about that. If, if Mitt Romney from that day forward not only went to eat the chicken sandwich that day, but like in Ocean's Eleven when every scene Brad Pitt's character is in, he's eating something. Every every time you see Mitt Romney eating a chicken sandwich, <laughs> I mean, it would have, it would have been a stroke of a genius. But he's he's incapable. The, this this arena, while there is integrity in one walk of life, can obviously translate uh, and often does translate into another. You have to understand the rules of the game, and the rules of the game uh, in politics now more than ever. You have got to be able to call audibles at the line of scrimmage, Steve. Mm -hmm. And he it, he thinks he's trying to do it now, but he's so bad at it. And that's why Mitt Romney ultimately 
is a you know a third string quarterback in the NFL. He's he's just not capable of doing what Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers at all uh, do um, because he's still telling himself the same lies about what this is all about that he did when he first got into the political arena. If everything in that tweet were the same and it just would have ended with perhaps the president should have picked someone with a more unifying message to bless the opening of the Jew, of the of our new embassy in Jerusalem, yeah. I still yeah. wouldn't have agreed with the sentiment, right. but we wouldn't have done this podcast. Yeah. But to go to the extent of if you believe yours is the superior religious belief, you're a bigot. We just any I don't care. I don't care whether you're a Trinitarian or not. You cannot permit that sentiment to take root. Otherwise, that pretty much undoes your entire the entire framework for the First Amendment, except for the status, Darren. Yeah, that's um, the the final question I asked Mitt Romney on Monday when we had him on the show is uh, if you are a Mormon, then why don't you... Or uh, if you believe um, that Robert Jeffress' statements are bigotry, as a Mormon, why don't you pray to Allah? Um, And Mitt's answer, I thought, was very, very good. Todd, do you remember what that was? Yeah, uh, he said, uh, well, uh, maybe uh, I am praying to Allah all the time, and I just don't really know. Yeah, that is that is everything, and that should be a window to the soul. And I, I'm not totally, I don't buy it, I don't buy the notion that you posited, Steve, that, that Mitt Romney doesn't actually believe this, because I think this is, this sort of double-mindedness is everywhere with progressives. Mitt Romney hmm. is just a progressive with an R after his name who's got a really solid personal life, but he's a progressive nonetheless. And this was a window to the soul of a progressive. There's no difference between this and what Bernie Sanders did to Russ Vote and what Diane Feinstein did to, I can't remember the name of the woman that she grilled because of, of her faith. There's no difference between this tweet and those two people. Well, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Thanks for tuning in to this Theology Thursday podcast here on Westwood One. If you haven't done so yet, please click subscribe there on your podcasting platform. The more of you that do that, the more that helps us to get the word out. And if you could leave us a positive review for the show, we would appreciate that too. Thanks to all of you that have already done both of those things. Back at it again tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like you.